Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. And one thing that I learned is, I learned this from a couple of comedians. I was talking to maybe Burr or somebody, I go, oh man, I don't even need to be, because this is what they say is black belt shit. Uh huh. And I'll tell you. So what it is, is well, I think a big growth spurt and something that takes people to another level and something that will raise people's game and it raise mine and I do it all the time and it does come with experience because, you know, it's hard to do. But when you're on stage and you're fucking doing your thing and you're about to go into a joke and your mind is going, fuck this joke, I really want to talk about this. You're going to get more from that on your ride home and going to sleep that night than if you just go, I did everything by the thing and it killed and okay, let's go back to sleep, everything's fine. Hot breath. What's goody, Hot breath verse? Welcome back to Hot Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I'm your host, comedian Joel Byers, and after 400 interviews, on this show, our mission is to cultivate the next generation of great comics by interviewing today's great comics. And our guest today is definitely one of those great comics with over 20 years of comedy experience that all started after he was seeing Eddie Murphy's Raw when he was nine years old. The first show he did was actually a comedy contest where he ended up going to the semifinals. From there, he started doing bringer shows while doing door-to-door -door sales. And now he's released a Netflix special directed by Pete Davidson. Yes. When is this coming out, by the way? This will come out to promote the special. Okay, so we'll, we'll, it'll already be announced. I'm thinking so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured I would release this one when the special is out. That's perfect. To yeah, promote yeah. it. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, Okay, okay, okay. Okay, well, it was on your but, website. But, but you do a lot of, uh, you did a lot of homework there. Like, Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, you, like you, you brought me back <laughs> when you were like door knocking. You brought me back You brought me back to Queens at 6.30 at night on a weekday being told, get the fuck off my front steps. And uh, yeah, but yeah, that's, that's all true. All that shit. You're, you're trying to... You were selling like phone internet yeah, cable. Yeah, it was like or fiber. Something? It was it was a it was a company called RCN, and they did phone cable internet like through fiber optics and stuff. So it was like you combined all your bill on uh -huh. one. You get the phone, you get the modem, you get all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. I was doing that. I was doing that in uh, Manhattan first, and then Queens door to door, dude. I would knock on somebody's door at dinner time and be like, "Hey, oh. we just installed wires. Do you want?" And you know, and you dealt with everything. You dealt with yeah, with, yeah. Uh, with rejection, but some people invite you in and give you something to drink. Other people were like, you know, fuck off. And it was, you just, and you just got immune to it. But that I guess it helps you handle hecklers and stuff now. If you can, you can handle that rejection. You can handle like knocking down a heckler. Yeah. You know what I found in this is it's just experience where you're always going to deal with something. And after enough times, mm -hmm. you kind of learn why the heckle happened. You learn what type of heckle it is uh -huh. and what type of person is doing the heckling. And when you know all that, you can gauge how you maneuver through it. Yeah, it was amazing to watch you here last night. I'm so glad I got to see you three times this weekend. Is like last night was just one of those late Friday shows that we all know that like people can be hammered. But you handled it in a way that it's like you never really like neglected anyone. You like you had fun with them, but you're also making sure that they knew what the deal was and turn. Okay. Okay. We're, let's get yeah. back to the jokes here. And then you ended up doing like, 
So you did like 75 minutes. And I was like, I bet after 45, he's going to be like, all right, I'm clocking out. But you like stuck with him. Wow. And then you brought them all around. And at like minute 50, like a shift happened to where like everyone was like, all right, I guess we should just sit here and enjoy it. And then you kept going, man. And to see you effortlessly go 70 minutes plus every show, I was just like, yo. It's like when you see a really good comic and you're like, oh, that's where the level is. Like at 12 wow. years in, I'm like, sometimes it's awesome. And then you see people like you and you're like, oh, there's so much to do. Well, first <laughs> of all, I really, really appreciate that. And you said something which lets me know that you are very uh, knowledgeable about this. I know you've been doing comedy 12 years, but yeah. So last night I told somebody today, I said last night's second show was one of the most memorable I've had because, because or, or, or in that, I should say most memorable I had in that kind of arena like in that area yeah yeah uh, because um yeah it was a type of show where it was rowdy it was loud they were drunk they were somewhat disrespectful and then i got the light at 40 and i could just get out i could get out yeah and and i was like no i'm gonna be defiant here and i've been doing this long enough so then you know people coming up to me last night going wow dude like the last 20 minutes of that was like you used you you like using their stuff against them mm -hmm. to then you know, to, to have them stand up at the end and do all that was pretty was pretty cool. So I, I was happy with that because I'll take a show like that means more than when there's like a perfect packed house. Everything is good yeah. because, you know, kind of the outcome, not 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 in an arrogant way, but, you know, like when all the things are good. Uh -huh. Right. The crowd's in. It's packed. Everyone's happy. They're fans. They want to hear what you have to say. It's good. You know, where with something like last night, it was like, all right, let's go. Let's go into a little battle. That's, I like to see the cage fights. Yeah. yeah. I, li I like to see comics who but like you nailed what happened last night. Pretty perfectly. Wow. Th it was it was fun to watch, man, just to see the work. And like I in researching you, like you referenced, I heard you say that it took you like ten and a half years to find your voice. Yeah. What was what, it, what, what was like the moment or like what do you mean by like ten and a half years? And now you're like, oh here's my voice like what was the well I think it would have been quicker if I didn't have like you know I, I, I was home and I had kids and, and uh, you know I was told no a lot in this business dude nobody cared about me in this business till about 14 years in once I got Montreal uh -huh. and then after Montreal like certain things happened and uh, you know but um, yeah I, you know I had a family I was married young again that will never hurt you because it's all in the comic. It doesn't matter. When people say, oh, you got a family. That's got to be tough. No, it's, it's not. It's, it's, you know, it'll drive you, really. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah, should yeah. drive you, you know. Um, but I don't know. At Early on, I just wasn't able to be in the city as much. But going back to what you said, at 10 and a half years, it just got to the point where I just, not that you don't care, but you're, you're, you kind of have done it where you're like, you, you know you're, you're funny, Mm -hmm. Right. You know, you're funny. But what happens, I think, when you is just like trusting yourself, just trust it, you know, where you can't really trust it. year one, two, three, because you don't know. Right. You don't know if you're that funny or if you're funny. And then you're like, oh, maybe I'm funny to some people. But when it got to a point where I've been through a lot of experiences and I was like really starting to kill and I was able to, you know, open up for people like, you know, I remember I opened up one weekend in North Carolina for David Tell. I opened for Jim Brewer, you know, went on the road a bunch with Bill Burr. Uh, and, and, and when all of those start to go well and you just kind of get your confidence up, 
you know, I don't know if you ever like played in basketball game, but like if you play basketball and you hit your first shot, like, oh, good. Then mm -hmm. you hit your second shot. You're like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Then you start hitting shots and you're like, I'm fucking Michael Jordan. And, 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 and <laughs> you're just like, I'm the best player on this court. And like, I might not miss again. And, and you get to, but but that happens in comedy where you're just like, oh, dude, that joke and this joke. And you kind of really start to gain your confidence. Confidence is obviously you have to be talented and shit, but confidence is a lot. And I gained it and I just started trusting my myself. And mm. I remember. I, th I don't know if it was Louis C.K. or somebody said when you could be your funny self off stage on on yeah. stage you're always going to be a little exaggerated maybe or get it but but if you could just kind of be who you are and how you really feel you know so oh, so that's what you meant when you like found your voices it was more like a confidence that you were starting to perform with not maybe specific topics you were starting to cover well I think it was a little bit of both I think I think both come together uh -huh. I think when you have confidence you're able to now throw out a topic that you might have been scared of yeah yeah right because you just hit three jump shots yeah. <laughs> right so you just hit three jump shots so now you're like, well, fuck, I'm going to try this for it because I keep hitting them. Mm. So let me. So I think that when your confidence goes up, you're able to just say, you know what? I will do a joke right now about, you know, cancer charities or I will do a joke right now about a disease or or or, or a disability somebody may have. I'm going to try to do it in the best way I could, but I trust myself that I could do it. That's what started to happen. Oh, OK. You start to not get upset with the crowd being upset. Or you start to get, you, you, you're not upset with some people being upset. Because what happens is I noticed as I got better, there were more pockets of people that didn't like me. Because if everybody's liking me, then I'm being safe. Yeah, well, I mean, opening up for someone like Bill Burr for so many years, I'm sure really like you're seeing it at that level as you're developing as well of like, oh, okay. You say these things that some people may get upset about and by the end of it, they're laughing at it, you know? You know, I remember I opened for Patrice O'Neill, rest his soul, at Ooh. Bananas. I opened for Patrice at Bananas one wow. weekend. And I remember like people were like walking out and he would have people walk out. And I was young, not able to really understand. Why is he doing that? Why is he? But I realized what he was doing. He was, he, they were never going to be fans anyway. Like weed them out because I'm going to say, so like then I worked with him another time where I did a guest spot in the city and I saw how really, that's when I really saw how brilliant he was. I got to tell him that. And one of the coolest things ever was I got to tell Patrice and I go, dude, I go, I don't know, you know, I know I knew you were good, but then I pointed to the room at comics in New York City. And I said, but I didn't know you were that good. And he laughed. He liked it because like I didn't realize like you, you're if you walk somebody and it's because you said something honest and they just didn't like it. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You don't know that when you're young. You're scared. Why are they leaving? People aren't going to like me. Then you're like, fuck, who cares? Yeah, but sometimes young comics are like, oh, I see people that have been doing this 30 years cover these, like, risky topics, and they're, like, two months in, like, no, I'm the chosen one. I'm going to say these things, and it's yeah. not funny, and then people get offended, and they're like, what is this? And then they post a cranny groundwork clip trying to go viral, and they have nothing to back it up. Yeah. You know, that, that's where the game's at now, but... If it works, it works. You know, people are having success with it. But with your new special, I heard you talking about how, like, special, you want a special to be special. Like, yes. a lot of people are putting out specials now, and it's like, and, I mean, a lot of them are good, but I, Ali Sadiq just dropped a special, and I was talking with him about it, and he was, and it, it was like a, it was like, it just affected me, because I haven't really seen a special this good. I mean, Earthquake just dropped a one that was dope, too, but... It really affected me in a way seeing Ali's because it's like amazing stories, but it's every line is like a laugh, you know, and a lot of specials, you know, they're 
they have a little bit of flex in there, but he was like, I want to be special. Like what I used to think comedy specials were. And I've heard you reference the same thing of specials being actually special. Yeah. I, you know, and it's funny, man, Ali Sadiq, we never met. We know, I met somebody that knows him, but every time I did something that went viral on Comedy Central, that was the only dude on Comedy Central who had more hits. <laughs> so like, I got like 5.2 million and then Ali Sadiq would be like 6 million. Ooh. And it was always, but like from what I've seen of that guy, just a monster and, and yeah, and, and, and I don't know how old he is, but I agree with that and that's what I've been saying. Yeah. You know, um, that's what I've been saying, Josh. It's like, I... Joel. Joel, I'm Joel, sorry. Joel, no, you're good. Yeah, sorry. Jo Who's Josh? Josh. Well, it's the other white guy. It's all good. The other white guy you work with? Oh, no, I don't work with any white people. I don't mess with white people. No, who's jo there's a Josh here, though. Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. So No, you're good. Um, so what I was saying, Joel, <laughs> was that, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of white guys here. So I'm just, We all look the same. No, it's all um, <laughs> no, but as far as a special being a special, it really is like... For me, it's, and, and this is no disrespect to somebody who does a 30-minute special, okay? Comedy Central and HBO did 30-minute specials, so I'm not knocking that. But for me, what I grew up with and what I thought was special was 60 minutes of joke after joke after joke. And what I really love is that people that are watching my new special, uh, Nocturnal Admissions, which is it's called, um, people are like dude this is 60 minutes of of jokes yeah. and this is just non-stop and like to have amazing comedians and amazing people that i really admire and look up to and you know uh, respect say that means a lot but that's what i expected to do mm -hmm. like i didn't and i'm not saying that in an arrogant way it's like i'm not gonna just be like yeah we're in a time now where it's like oh somebody's got a popular podcast and like fuck it fans will come out and they don't and it's like nah but fans will come out but like that work is gonna stay there forever like that work is gonna <laughs> gonna be there forever yeah. so it's like what do you want i don't do you want to be the guy going yeah no but dude that when i did this the, the podcast was hot because that could happen you could yeah, be 30 yeah. years later let's say there's no podcasts or right. something let's say there's nothing like no dude i know it i know the material but dude my podcast fans came out it's like yeah okay the, the joke's fucking the, the, you know so so uh, that mean it means a lot to me that the mm -hmm. body of work is is fucking good why what how did pete davidson come about to be like directing it and all this how this relationship developed so pete and i have been friends for a long time you know uh pete had saw me pete saw me uh in new york city when he was like 16 and i was you know i i, I think i was opening for bill burr carolines and i just see this lanky kid and you know and he was just and then i saw him again at stand up new york and he was like hey man love the podcast i didn't know it was really nice and then um we had the same manager at one point when we were working the stand and we just were friends and i put him on the verzi effect when he was 18 before everything and we just stayed cool but like you know he was we were talking and he's like dude he's like i'd love to you know direct your special and uh, then he told me one time, he's like, dude, you know, like, this is the best shit you've done. And he was like, you know, and he came out on stage the night of the taping. And he goes, I saw Paul at 16 and I saw him perform in the city and he became one of my favorite comics. And he wanted to be a part of it. You know, Pete asked me, you know, we wow. were hanging out. He's like, I'd love to be a part of it. I'd love to put my name behind it. And, and so, you know, Pete is one of the best, most misunderstood kids. I've said that millions of times. He's the fucking best. He's, he's actually down to earth and the sweetest. He's so fucking cool. 
cool and down to earth. Like people would not believe how fucking chill he is and cool. And um, yeah, man, he's one of my best friends. He's, he's one of my, he's like a little brother to me. So, um, but yeah, he, he wanted to be a part of it because of, you know, as he was coming up, he saw me and was like, oh, I want to do that. That was pretty cool. Wow. And then like you said, reference that you were opening for Bill Burr, when into your career, you started in 2000. Like wh- how long into your career did you start opening up for Bill Burr? So, yeah. And how did that happen? I, I, I did a spot. I, it was Thanksgiving weekend in 2005 and Bobby Kelly came in for the Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve. Hmm. And then Bill came in on Friday, Saturday. And he was just like, dude, you, you know, that was so, I, he's like, were you the other guy on the show? And he goes, I was downstairs. I heard it. You killed. I'm going to watch you. So then he referred me to a room. And I did well there. He heard I did well at the room he referred me to. And he goes, hey, how about next time I do that room, you work with me? So then, it, like, around 07, we became we became friends. And then I remember one day in 2008, he goes, hey, I'm going to watch DC Improv. You want to open? And I was like, yeah. And we just kind of, we just kind of been, you know, it's like my family now. So, you know, um, opening for him and, and, you know, having him believe in me, you know, it was, it was pretty cool because I would just be, like, home chilling. And somebody would go, hey, dude, Burr just called you a beast on his podcast. And I wow. it meant a lot because I knew Bill doesn't put that out there and I know Bill's not somebody to ever give one thing he always says is like you never give false hope so I know (laughs) Bill would never fucking go on his podcast to his fans and say that you know say the nice things like that Paul versus a beast it meant a lot because I knew it's funny I'm actually see his name right there on the Uh, wall yeah right there right there in the corner yeah I'm pretty pretty sure but so uh, yeah I think that having somebody like that say that is also adds to your confidence because you're dealing with one of the best and they see what you're doing and they see your progression and they start saying things they think you're going to do and it's completely fucking humbling and it's like it, it, it gets you through what are some Sometimes of the biggest like, oh, lessons cool. you've learned from like working with him so closely you know I, I don't know I don't know if it would be lessons of, of stand up because we are just different people you know, like his, his approach is obvious, like we're, we're just different, but I think just kind of doing something where it's like, um, you're not leaving, are you? Um, oh, are you? We've okay, got yeah. two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll say goodbye. Well, yeah, when I'm done, hang yeah, out. Yeah, we okay. got two and a half minutes. No, no, no. It's all right. We go longer. Oh, word. Oh, can you open, can you move, pull that door back uh, the other way? Yeah. There's a light on it. Can you push it all the way back? Way? Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we could go longer. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, we, we made it. We ran the light. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, Bill has his way. I have my way. But I think just being, I think just being honest, you know, I think mm. just being fucking honest, like, just like, you know, one, you know, one thing I learned, I remember one time I told a joke and there was like an exaggerated part of the joke. And he goes, all right, now tell me what really happened. Right. So it was like, yeah, that's exaggerated. But what's the what? How did it really happen? And then you say how it really happened. He's like, see, that's funnier or as funny. Mm. So you don't have to do the. So that was one thing that I remember when I was younger. You know, I I can't remember the joke exactly. It was a strip club joke. It was a strip club joke. I was in a strip club and I'm like such a nice guy. So I remember it like it, it like to like went like that shit. Like I'm nice in parts where I shouldn't be. So I'm in a strip club and this chick is just sitting there like a fucking man. When was this dude? I was, I was, where was I? I was in a strip club. I was probably like 18, 19 years old, whatever. And this chick is just standing there and her fucking 
tits are out and I just was like, hey, do you have a family? <laughs> and she goes, she goes, yeah, I have a, I have a son. And I remember being like, what are you doing here? And she goes, are you a cop? <laughs> and... But, but but my my version of it was like something exaggerated. Right. And right. Burr goes, no, that's funny. Just her saying, are you a cop? But I tried to make it some different thing. Yeah. You know, like made it more about her kid and her son and like going into the, you know, she got pictures of her kids in the fucking lap dance room. And, and Bill was like, you don't need to. I remember this was a long time ago. I was like, oh, yeah. So I think like just doing shit like that, you know, because I was I was really younger at the time when I would do that. Like, I, I, it's weird. Like you say jokes to somebody like that. And you're like, now you're like, oh, fuck, I said that. When I, <laughs> but I was, I was young. Of course. You know, so. So, uh, yeah. But no, just like. We're so similar as how we like treat people, man, treat everybody with respect and, and just be cool. We're, you know, just kind of, you know, easy going, get along guys that like sports. We have a good time talking. So it was kind of like similar type of shit like that. So it okay. just worked. It just worked. Yeah. And I love seeing, and what we're all about here at Hot Breath is like comics helping comics and being like a positive and supportive community for comedians to develop. Uh, because coming up when I came up, I mean, I, there it was I mean I came up in the hood rooms of Atlanta like white people didn't mess with me like I went where there was me stage too. time me like, too I came up in black rooms in New York it was, it was the best yeah because uh, black black people are honest like when you perform for black people you gotta be authentic and honest and they'll laugh but white people you know sometimes you can hide behind cleverness but when you perform in front of black people they're like well what's what's the real deal here yeah. you know and that really helps you early on in that just being white boy Joel. That's that's how I came up in this game. Yeah, yeah. That's so. cool. I, I, <laughs> no, I respect that. I, I appreciate that because I, I did that too. Did you ever get booed? Any like no, rough the, bombs like that? Um, no, one time I was in Philly and uh, there, was some, there was a place called the Laugh House in Philly and it was a black room on South Street. And it was a cool room and I did, my buddy's like, hey, if you want to go down, they'll give you like five minutes. And, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. If you want to go down, they'll give you 150 bucks and you do like 15 minutes, right? You like you co-headline or something. So I go down and it goes great. Black audience goes great. Then he's like, hey, man, they want you back like the next month. It's like 150 bucks again. You go down, you co-headline. So I get down there and it's packed and they're tired and they're tired. Mm. And so many comics go on. And then this one guy who was a monster comic. I don't know if he, if he passed away, if he did rest his soul. His name was Sugar Bear. <laughs> he was really fucking really funny like a monster comic I don't I, he might have passed if he did if he did rest his soul but he goes on and I go man this has been long he goes on and he does like 20 something and kills but they start to really get tired he gets off and he goes dude now they're tired so then I go on stage and I'll never forget this I go on stage it was actually I did a lot of high pressure all black rooms where I could be booed and this was the worst out of all of and I did it for many years and it went well so this one didn't hurt me that much but it still sucked because but I get on and I go hey man yeah I go dude I just got back from Kansas and this one this one black woman in the audience just goes why <laughs> and I remember going this is gonna suck and dude I was up there and like people would just like a cup like it was so late like two people would just get up and leave and then a couple other people would get up and leave and a couple other people would get up and leave and by the time I was done it was like half the room and I was just like and they paid me and said thank you and I just remember being like fuck fuck and uh, you know that that'll stay with you but they, you know it was there was no booing it was just like oh, okay. it wasn't like fuck you're not fun I think it was just like alright they're just putting people on I'm tired 
he's not killing the room the way you know I would stay and, and it was one of those things but I've, I've had really amazing experiences in, in rooms like that urban rooms and stuff of course. yeah white rooms wouldn't put you up of course yeah and anytime like a joke works in one room but not like the other then like I would get rid of it just because we want to be able to entertain as many people as possible you know but there's a lot of I don't, in comedy, there can be like a lot of politics and things like that. And think what I'm so inspired about with like what's happening at all things comedy is it's like four comics by comics run and there's producing opportunities for comedians. And it's so cool now more than ever to see that there aren't the gatekeepers as much, you know, like trying to suck up to this booker or trying to get in with yeah. this club or that club, which I was never able to do. But that seems like all those things are out of your control. If you focus on what you can control, that's where you're going to get most of your opportunities. Yeah, that's true. And 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 it's it's definitely let you realize how silly it was to put that much stock uh, in those people. I put eight years into that. You know, yeah, like, people, oh. oh my God, I hope they like me. Oh, that person that never did this. Oh, that person <laughs> that never did fucking stand up ever. Oh, that person that loves their power and loves to make you feel like if you're funny or not and now they don't have that you know it's almost like they gotta fucking stand down it's like a it's like a hard ass general that now has to stand down <laughs> and it's, you know what I mean it's like it's like stand the fuck you don't have that anymore and it's cool it's cool because it lets you know that not only was it silly but like it, it, like here's the other thing too it's like it's silly because if that person loses their job and then it's another gatekeeper then it's just another, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's the same person. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like that person, oh yeah, did you hear now Greg does it. Oh shit, Greg's my fucking, <laughs> yeah, Greg got hit by a train, dude. Now it's Susan. Dude, I got it. Susan's got to like me. Yeah. Susan pushed Greg in front of a train. Now it's her job. Yeah, yeah. Susan got shot in the face. Oh my God, who's her replacement? I don't know, let me go find it. And it was, and it's all these people that don't matter. And, uh -huh. and, 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 and I think COVID made people realize that. I think that, that, that YouTube and all that yeah. made people realize that. It just doesn't matter. Things that you think are a big deal aren't. Just get stage time and get better. All you do is get stage time and get better. That's it. Get fucking better. Write more jokes. Be more honest. Get stage experience. And you're going to fucking murder and then murder and then murder. And people are going to see it and go, this person belongs in this room. And that's it funny just get just get undeniable as they say i think it's what barry katz said yeah it, no, undeniable. But it's, that's the word everybody uses and it's right just because like, you can't fuck with that yeah you can't fuck with that yeah that that's the thing is whenever whenever i'm feeling a certain way and then i see someone like you work and i was like oh there's so much more to do in terms of like just the just to see you effortlessly perform for 75 minutes and i'm just like watching it just like it's like inspiring, but it's also a little disheartening of like, oh my gosh, there's so much more to uh, like learn and do. I like as a comedian, you know, it's like, it, it's like a never ending Rubik's Cube, which is what I love about it. But it's, it's just inspiring to be around comics at your level and hope like learn a little bit here and there, but realize, you know, there's over 400 interviews here and comics reach out to me every day. Like, oh, this episode helped me and I learned this joke writing technique. But the number one advice is to get on stage. Every comedian that's been on here, the number one advice has been you got to get on stage. Learn yeah. it all, but you've really got to get on stage and put it into action. Yeah. And one thing that I learned is I learned this from a couple of comedians. And I remember when I heard it, I go, oh, my God, that makes so now, now it makes so much sense. And and it, and and. It, this is what they, I remember I was talking to maybe Burr or somebody, I go, oh man, I don't even need to know who that comic is because if that comic said it, I know they're a beast because this is what they say is black belt shit. Uh -huh. And I'll tell you. So what it is, is 
I think a big growth spurt and something that takes people to another level and something that will raise people's game and it raise mine and I do it all the time and it does come with experience because you know it's hard to do but when you're on stage and you're fucking doing your thing and you're about to go into a joke okay and your mind is going fuck this joke I really want to talk about this okay like I really want to go into this I really want to talk about school shootings or this abortion thing or 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 I really want to talk about I really want to talk about this fight that I got into with my wife about the Johnny Depp case I re- I'm, I'm this is totally hypothetical of my, course. my wife was completely on Johnny Depp's side <laughs> but I'm using that but instead I'm going into this bit that is kind of in my regiment the better comics the 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 elite will completely abandon the joke that they know works and go and talk about something that's in deep waters that they don't know how it's going to go. And that that is black belt shit. Mm. And that is another level where you stop and you're like, man, fuck that joke. You know what? I just had a thought today about this and this is what I really want to talk about. This is what I really feel. So let me do that. I might get back to that joke later or if it fits. But right now, like I got 15 minutes left and like I kind of want to do this and abandon the thought. Now, all this happens in one second in your mind. Right. Two seconds. But that's the difference. That 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 is maybe finding your voice more. Mm-hmm. That is maybe like yeah, because you're gonna get more from that. Uh, Joel, you're gonna get more from that. You remembered. Yeah, you're gonna get more from that on your ride home and going to sleep that night than if you just go, I did everything by the thing and it killed and okay, let's go back to sleep, everything's fine. You're gonna feel better going, no, no, dude, I fucking, I abandoned that thing and I did this. You know, I live an hour away from New York City. I have two kids. I rot into the city, I drive my car down there. Does it make sense for me to do every fucking joke from my special that kills? No. Maybe I'll give them one or two on a Saturday night at the stand or the cellar. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Those five, six new bits I'm working on, I'm going to throw that out. I'm gonna, Let me do that. You know, mm-hmm. I'll find a way to get laughs with other stuff if I have to. But I got to make sure I'm getting this new shit out there. And that, that's, that makes sense. That makes sense for the work. Yeah. I'm not doing it for the fucking money, mm-hmm. spot money. $25 on a weekend or whatever, $40 on a weekday, uh, $75 or $100 on a weekend. Okay, fine. That's nice to do a bunch of sets and get a little, you know, get a little pocket change, but you're doing it for the bits. You're doing it for the time. Yeah. So you have to keep that in mind because you have to, uh, you, you know, you got to look at long money. You don't look at short money. You know? There's money in comedy? There's Wait money. a minute. There's where's, money. where's the money? There's money in comedy. <laughs> when does Joel. that happen? You'll, you'll, you'll get there, man. I you'll, appreciate that. You'll, you'll do it. The too white to fail face. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, let's land this plane. Thanks for thanks for going extra. That that um, It's an honor and a privilege for you to share your valuable time with me, Paul. Um, no worries. B- before we get out of here, uh, is there is there any like closing advice for comedians? A lot of comedy fans listen to this, but also like aspiring or like young comics listen to this. Is there any like advice you've learned that like you always just remember that you would like the younger generation to apply? The only advice I would give is things that you think really, really matter don't and all of the things that you want to get you will get if obviously you got I mean obviously this goes with being talented and funny so you know uh, I don't want to give false hope and go but I'm saying if you're a funny comic mm-hmm. and you're talented and you kill 
if the work ethic is there and you're willing to fucking not care about money at the beginning and go and kill and go to hell rooms and this and that and do all that and start to be more honest and stuff, it's going to work out. But I would say do not put stock in things or do not let somebody who means nothing make you feel like you're less than. Mm. Okay? So that comedy club booker at that club just doesn't like you or think you're ready. Fuck that. That means nothing. That means nothing. You go and find a club that does believe in you and work that club and do as many sets in that club. And then what's going to happen is the club that said no to you is going to start hearing, hey, man, I heard so-and-so's killing. It'll all come. But like this, oh, they don't like me. You know, I've heard of stories where somebody's like, yeah, I didn't I didn't get into the comedy cellars. I might move. And I say, it's like, what? It's like, you ain't move. It's like, it's like, what? So, you know, it's it's just just, you know, Go to the places that people, you know, believe in you. And mm-hmm. the, I remember Bobby Kelly said something once. My good friend Bobby Kelly, one of the funniest. And he goes, Yeah, he's uh, been he, on here. And he goes, Yeah, he goes, like, you don't need everybody to believe in you. You need one person or two, you know, like one person to believe in you just to do that. You know, if one comedy club wants to work you, put in your avails at that comedy club and work and then slowly try to work your way to other ones. But do that. Don't get so down about something and, and don't look at, you know, and short term and long term goals. Mm. You know, short term and long term goals. You know, if you're like, hey, man, I want to put an album out in 2024, then you make sure you put that album out in 2024. And then whatever your long goals are, you have those and write them down. And if you fall a little short one year, you fall a little short. But those are big, man. That's really big to do it. Because you got to have a goal. You can't be on a hamster wheel. You know, if your goal is to just do spots all over the city, then what's the end game? Mm. You're trying to do an hour? You're trying to do a special? You're trying to act? You're trying to, what are you trying to do? You're just trying to fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And don't be an asshole and drink all fucking night. So there you go. Amen. Well, where can people plug um, all the uh, awesome stuff you have going on too? Yeah. So I do uh, two podcasts, one called The Verzi Effect, which is by myself. And sometimes with the guest, I co-host the Anything Better podcast with Bill Burr. Uh, both are with All Things Comedy Network. Uh, my YouTube channel is growing. I built a YouTube channel during pandemic and it's going really well. There's clips of the podcast on there and stand-up clips. Um, all of my dates are on paulverzi.com. That's V-I-R-Z-I. Same thing with Instagram. Instagram, Twitter, and all that, and I hope everybody's in, you know enjoys the special on Netflix. Yeah. And my first special, I'll say this, which was on Comedy Central, should be on Paramount Plus too. And my new one on Netflix is called Nocturnal Admissions. So, what's up, guys? This is uh, Paul Verzi, and you guys should listen to Hot Breath because this kid Joel is, uh, you know, he's just a great kid, you know, and um, you know we've known each other for you know, 30 minutes. So <laughs> and in the 30 minutes, I like the kid. I trust him. And uh, there you go. So listen to uh, listen to his shit and uh, enjoy. Appreciate you. Paul Verzi, thanks for being on Hot Breath, my man. Thanks, man. There you have it, Hot Breath of Verse. If you enjoyed this interview, you will love our YouTube channel where I'm doing three live streams a week plus posting interviews like this one you just heard all to help cultivate the next generation of great comics. So the link is in the description of this episode. And I'll see you there, and I'll be back on the podcast next Monday right here on Hot Red. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.